0: new cars, new drivers, new rivalries, and most importantly, who will end up on top. Let's discuss on Through the Chicane, episode 1. Hello and welcome to episode 1 of Through the Chicane podcast. Very excited This is all very new to me, but I've wanted to do it for quite a while now, so I'm excited to get going, excited for the season to start, and we've got lots to talk about today. It's been quite the week, lots of car reveals, and we're going to weigh it all up. So first I'm going to talk about is who I am, because I'm sure you're interested. Who is this guy talking to you, and why is he speaking to you? So my name's Jim. I am 25 years old. I have had quite the weird uh (laughs) career path up to this point so straight out of college i went into watchmaking school uh and from there i became the youngest ever graduate of watchmaking school uh, of the watchmaking school i went to Uh, i then went to work in the isle of man uh, for a very famous watchmaker left there just before covid started literally 2 weeks before covid started and i started my own business uh spent a couple of years doing that uh but ultimately decided that that's not the career path that i want to 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 do moving forward for the rest of my life so uh put the brakes on that and i am now at university in london so uh um, and as well now i'm studying uh i'm studying for be a software engineer but again i don't think that's ultimately what i would like to be doing full-time uh for the rest of my life so i think there might be a change of that come september uh what i'm going to be doing from next year onwards so we shall see it's all very fluid right now i was kind of locked into a very serious uh career before uh having your own business so young um and kind of drawing in a lot of money. It's all very intense. So this past year, I've just been kind of going with the flow, uh, enjoying life, not taking it too seriously, not trying to lock myself into anything else too serious too quickly again. So, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at currently. Some other things that I love are superheroes. I love Marvel. I love DC. I love the films. I love the comics. They're kind of my only other vice really outside of Formula One, but Formula One is the main uh, the main lady in my life. So yeah, let's finally move on to Formula One as I've given you a bit of background on my, my quick life story. So I've been following Formula One probably, hmm, so my first ever proper Formula One memory is 2008. Is that Glock? It's Glock. It's Lewis Hamilton, Brazil, winning the world title. One of the best days of sport in my entire life. I, that's etched into my memory. My dad bought me the uh, McLaren cap, two thousand and eight Lewis Hamilton world champion. I still have that hat. I wore it to Silverstone, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Um, and yeah, uh, that. I think that kicked off this whole uh, <laughs> crazy obsession. Really, I didn't realize at the time that I would uh, I would remember that as vividly as I do now but uh, it's such a core memory for me uh, when it comes to sport and just kind of excitement in general. I love it. So 2008, so how long is that ago? Uh, so 15 years ago, probably the like first proper moment I started following Formula One. Then it was kind of solidly, I'd watch it with my dad and my brother, and my whole family uh, from then until I moved out when I was 18 uh so that would have been 2016 so so, th- so that would have been 2016 so we followed it for about eight years and a little bit of a uh a period of not following it i think just because i didn't have sky sports or anything like that when i uh moved out and uh and went to watchmaking school so there was, was a couple of years of, of not really following it in the uh that was in the lewis hamilton kind of just domination stage um so I didn't miss too much but uh I'm now fully up to date on everything that happened in those couple of years, uh, and then yeah, got back into it when I finally got a job and was uh, able to kind of actually afford uh, to, to watch Formula One, and and I and I would do that and I'd actually take the time to 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 watch it in the weekends and follow it. And now I just religiously follow it every weekend. I'm watching every second of Formula One, every second of practice, qualifying, the race, of course, all the interviews. I'm obsessed. So I thought, why the hell not I should start a podcast? I'm already scrolling Twitter 24 hours a day. I'm refreshing. I'm up to date with all the team news, all the the dramas, all of the random bits of, uh, of gossip that are going on, rumors. So I'd say I'm fairly up to date with all of it. And I'm going to try and translate that into a podcast where I can have guests on and uh, yeah, just have a Formula One podcast. Well, n- not specifically Formula One, but... That will be the main focus. I think I'm going to touch, try and touch upon F2 and F3 as well because I already follow every race weekend and uh, I think it it can only be a good thing to heavily dive into F2 and F3 as well, follow the feeder series into Formula 1, seeing all these new drivers coming in uh, and how talented they are, the young drivers that are going to be in the future of Formula 1. I think keeping informed and all of that is very, very important, so... I think I will most likely tie that into the podcast as well. So, what I want to cover in each podcast is basically the the previous race weekend that's just happened. So, I think I'm going to be releasing episodes on Mondays, uh, Mondays after every race. So, the frequency will change obviously with uh, whether there's a, a double header, a triple header, or whatever it is, or if there's a couple week break or, or the, the the summer break in the middle. So, it's all going to be race weekend dependent. So. It's not going to be firmly every week at this time on this day. It's going to be always be Mondays, but it'll be whenever there's been a race weekend. So my ambitions with this uh, podcast are to, I think I want to just frequently have guests on to kind of just get their insights, whether those guests are just fellow enthusiasts like me. I'd love to get some drivers eventually. It's a long shot, but I'd love to get some drivers in, in whatever uh, motorsport series that they're in uh ultimately formula 1 and having lewis hamilton on would be the ultimate goal but we shall see if that ever happens i hope it does but yeah i just like to i think main thing year 1 with this podcast my ambitions are keep up the frequency uh keep to the schedule that i've kind of i've i've placed upon myself and uh yeah have a couple of guests on along on along the way and uh, and just enjoy myself it, this is going to be fun uh, i'm going to be interacting with you guys that are listening so Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is at at through underscore chicane. I couldn't get through the chicane for some reason. I think it's just too long. So through underscore chicane. That's my Twitter. So follow me on there. I tweet regularly about what's going on with Formula 1. And everything I I find on Twitter is kind of the stuff that I'll be discussing uh, in these podcasts. So if you want to hear my insights before they're in the podcast, follow me on Twitter. So things I'm excited for this year in the motorsport world is just F1 2023. I think this is going to be a very, very exciting season. I think it's going to be... Last year, was it started off very strong. Uh, the Bahrain, the Ferrari, Red Bull, Leclerc, Verstappen battle, epic. First race, couldn't ask for a better first race. But then, obviously, certain events transpired. Ferrari dropped off, uh, Max uh on the absolute form of his life so it ended a bit more of a of a boring season but nonetheless there were exciting moments and I'll probably discuss that at some point in the future as well uh but right now we're looking to the future 2023 and I really think this season is going to be a big one we've got Red Bull already on top amazing driver lineup Max Verstappen Sergio Perez both amazing drivers obviously Max Top two driver in the world right now. Sergio is very consistent, but doesn't have the raw pace of Max Verstappen. But as well, in the past year, we didn't see him do amazingly. He could have, We could have seen him back in the fight a bit more. And there was the tension between him and Max Verstappen uh, in, in that kind of Brazil period of 2022. So we shall see how that transpires. Hopefully things stay good in the team, but as well, it would be interesting to see a bit of uh, a bit of sparks fly between those two and see see a bit more elbows out when it comes to battling, not just, not just uh, each playing to each other. Well, Sergio playing to Max and Max not playing to Sergio is how it currently is right now. Then we've got Ferrari. We've got uh, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc. Uh, I think that's one of the strongest driver pairings on the grid right now. Uh, and I think Carlos this year is going to come into his own. I think he's going to be more on a level with Charles Leclerc. And I think both of them are going to push both Red Bull and Mercedes, uh, much more than they did last year. Less mistakes in the team. They've got Fred Vasseur in. It's going to be big. And then we've got Mercedes. Mercedes are going to be back this year. And I'm going to talk about where I think the constructors uh, are all going to lie and where the driver's going to lie. But I've got some big, bold statements about Mercedes this year. We've got Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT, in my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time, not just driver in all time. For me, he's... He's the he's the ultimate athlete. He's everything someone should aspire to be in when you're entering into the highest level of sport. And then we've got George Russell. My he he's my driver of the future. I know there's all this Max fandom, but I think in a year or two George will be there and he will be on that level and he'll have the car for it. And I would bet my house on George winning hmm, two or three championships. In his, uh, in his career. Um, I really, really rate George Russell. He's such a consistent driver. He's rapid. The way he drives a car is beautiful. Um, he's, he's made some mistakes along the way getting to this point, um, but he's also just shown that he is one of the big dogs and he, and he deserves to be in that Mercedes seat and he's going to be one of the top drivers. It's going to be Charles. It's going to be Max. It's going to be... George is going to be Lando. They're all going to be battling in the future and I cannot wait to see it. I think we should now get on to my predictions for the 2023 season. And I spent some time on this and I think I've absolutely nailed it. So come back to this at the end of the year and see <laughs> if my predictions were correct, but I think I've absolutely nailed it. So let's start with the constructors. Let's start from last place, and we'll go up to first place. Last place, Williams. Williams will come 10th. they have got the driver pairing of Alex Albon and Logan Sargent. And Alex Albon, I do rate as well. I don't think of him as an incredible driver, but he's, I put him in the kind of same vein as, as a, I don't know, a Kevin Magnussen. Like you put him in the car, you'll get results. He'll perform to the level of the car and he'll show moments of magic, but he's not, He'll never be that uh, that strong race winner or championship winner. He's he's a, he's a midfield driver, but in in a in a car like the Williams, you'd love to have someone like Alex Albon, and they've also now got new driver, rookie of the year because <laughs> he's the only rookie, Logan Sargent, and I think their driver pairings okay, but not good, uh, mainly because of Logan. I rate Alex but I just don't think Logan is going to adjust well to Formula One. I don't think he's going to get, I think he's going to kind of be a bit of a Latifi. I think he's going to crash a bit. I think he's going to be driving around in last place a lot. Uh, So I think that's just going to drag Williams down. I don't think Alex can bring up the whole team uh, that much with someone, if if Logan's going to be performing to that level. So um, we shall see. I think Williams will be 10th. Next. And I think this might be a controversial one. I'm going to put, Alpha Tauri in ninth place. So we've got Nick DeVries and we've got Yuki Sonoda. I think that's a good driver pairing, but I just don't think they're going to have the car this year. I love the look of the car, but I just don't. For some reason, I've got this feeling that Alpha Tauri are going to have a bit of a drop off, especially with a new driver coming in like Nick. I know he's old, not old, but he's, he's, he's as as old as you'd want to be as a, as a rookie coming into to the sport. He he did good in the Williams in his first race, but um, I just, I've got a bad feeling about AlphaTauri this year. I don't think they're going to perform to the levels that they've been seeing. Uh, I know last year, Pierre Gasly didn't do great and Yuki kind of was on a more of a level with him. Um, And I just don't see Yuki jumping up much further than where he currently is in that car. And also, I don't see Nick performing to a a crazy high level. I think he'll have um, some good results along the way. He'll have some top 10 finishes, but I just don't see them competing uh, that highly. So let's move on to eighth place. I've got Aston Martin in eighth. Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll. On paper, a good driver pairing, uh, but I'd say that's mainly dragged up because of Fernando Alonso, who is an unbelievable driver. You've got Lance Stroll, who is uh on his day he he can be good but um again i don't rate him too highly he can be good he's he's had some pole position or two here and there but um yeah when he's got the right car under him he's good but if I, i could not tell you a single thing lance stroll did last year in 2022 other than nearly make fernando alonso fly to the moon he didn't really do anything of worth uh I think Vettel was the main one to kind of elevate that team. And it's uh, it's a shame to see Vettel gone. I love Vettel. Him and Lewis's uh, rivalry turned to friendship is, is is one of my favorite things that have happened in the past 10 years in, in Formula 1. It's really, really nice to see. And uh, yeah, it's sad to see Vettel gone. But currently, we've got Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll. Fernando, I think he'll have uh, a pretty good season. I don't think that... Uh, I I think I saw Matt and Tommy on P1. They've predicted, or, or Tommy's predicted, that uh, Fernando's going to have a great season. He's going to be best of the rest. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I think uh, Aston Martin going to be eighth. And I think overall the drivers will be okay together. But I think that might be one of the teams where sparks fly. And uh, there's a few hairy moments. And Fernando gets... We know how uh, angry Fernando gets. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll see that. On a, on a couple of occasions between him and Lance. Seventh place, Alfa Romeo. We've got Valtteri and Joe Guanyu back again. I love this driver pairing. Great vibes, two great drivers, and I think they are the perfect, perfect midfield pairing, to be honest. Um, and that Alfa Romeo is, it looks so good. It looks like an absolute weapon. It's such a nice car. I love that they've gone for the, the kind of that, Uh, maroon and black rather than maroon and white it looks really really nice and both Valtteri and Joe I think uh, they're just going to have a good season together I think Valtteri he's already at that level where you've got a very experienced driver great qualifier in a race uh, not amazing at overtaking but he'll hold his ground and he's got that raw pace so you know you've got that in 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 your in the pocket Uh, and then Joe I think Uh, he's just going to keep getting better and better. And I think this year, he's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to battle with Valtteri a lot more, um, more than he did last year. Not saying he didn't, but I think it's just going to be much closer this year. And I think Joe's really going to earn his spot in Formula One this year. I think they're both going to have a great season. Alfa Romeo, seventh place. Now, we're getting into the top of the bottom half of the grid. Haas, sixth place. Bold statement. Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg. I love this driver pairing. It's going to be amazing. Sparks are going to fly. Kevin Magnussen's going to have a great year. Nico Holkenberg's going to have a great year. We're going to see some top ten finishes quite regularly, I think, from these two. And I think it's going to be very, very exciting. I don't think the, the car looks great. It's one of the my least favorite Hasses that I've seen. But I think overall, they're as a team, they're moving in a good direction. I. I agree with their decision to get rid of mick don't think mick is the driver everyone is hyping him up to be and i don't think he is i, I think this kind. i think Haas now own this transition they've got the kevin magnuson and Nico hulkenberg pairing both older drivers i think they're just going to be using these two older drivers to develop the car they're going to be moving forward in the grid hopefully and then eventually they're going to get a strong driver pairing a young driver pairing to move forward with with all this development that they're going to be doing over this year and next year we're into the top half of the grid now and in fifth place Alpine yes that's right Alpine are going to drop a place to McLaren this year we've got Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly a new driver pairing we've got Esteban Ocon who's been in the team now and he'll be uh, I guess in quote unquote the, the team leader uh, or the lead driver uh, with Pierre Gasly coming into the, to the new team Two French drivers in a French team. It's great to see. Um, I I hope things go well, but I don't see Pierre Gasly adjusting too easily to the team. I don't think it's going to be to a Daniel Ricciardo, McLaren level, but I don't see Pierre Gasly doing too well. I think Esteban Ocon will be well clear of Pierre um, and just hopefully they sort out their reliability issues and They should have an okay season, but I just think McLaren are going to make that jump up. So that leads me on to McLaren, who I've put in fourth place. I think they're going to have a great season. Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri. This is my favorite driver pairing on the grid. This has so much potential. Lando Norris, star of the future, well, star of now, but once he's got a proper car under him, a championship winning car, we're going to see him fly. And Oscar Piastri... I, I really rate Oscar Piastri I put him kind of I think he's gonna be like George Russell I think he's gonna come in he's gonna be super consistent and I don't think he's gonna be that far behind Lando Norris I think he's gonna be right on his tail and I think by the end of the season we're gonna see them within 10 or 20 points of each other and I think it's gonna be very very close and I just hope we get some good battles between them. I don't want things to be all smiley and and jokey around I think these two need to both get that together. Push the team together, fight hard, and they can get some really good results and secure fourth place, best of the rest, for McLaren. Third place, big dog territory now. I have got Ferrari. Yep, Ferrari are finishing third this season. We've got Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz still. So same driver pairing that we've had over the past couple of years. Great driver pairing. And as I said, I think Carlos is going to come into his own a bit more this year. I think he's going to be more on a level with Charles Leclerc, And I think we're going to see more consistency from the team. But I just don't think they're going to be able to compete with the the likes of Red Bull and Mercedes. We've seen how consistent Mercedes can be over such over such a long period of time. Years, not just a season, over years. And Red Bull, fastest team on the grid right now. I just don't think Ferrari... I think this might still be a bit of a transition year, even though they're going to do great. They've got Fred Vassar in. Hopefully, they sort out their their issues within the team. I think that's mainly where things are coming from, uh, where, where their issues are coming from, is is all within the team. Their decision-making in the past year has been so strange. And it seems plain plain to see when they're making these these errors. Like, it looks like you should be doing this. Why the hell are you doing this? And hopefully, they can just tighten up that ship and uh Carlos can come on to a level closer to Charles and Charles can I think Charles is one of the fastest drivers on the grid. There's no doubt about that. And I think Charles will continue to push and he will get pole positions still. But I just don't think we're gonna he's gonna get those race results, which is where the points actually come from. So we've got Ferrari in third. Now second place. Who do you think I'm gonna say? You think I'm gonna say Mercedes, don't you? But I'm going to say Red Bull, second place. Red Bull by the end of the year. We've got Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. Amazing driver pairing again. But I don't think this is going to be Sergio Perez's year. I think he's not going to do that well. I think he's going to kind of be... I think he's going to be the worst of the top three team drivers. I think he's going to come sixth. I'll, I'll get onto the driver's standings after this. But I think... Yeah, I don't think he's going to have a great year. And I think that's going to drag the team down. I think... Max is going to do incredible. Again, we've seen how consistent he is. I I cannot imagine what a bad season from Max Verstappen would look like. I think that would have to more come from the car than Max himself. I can't see his mental wavering. I can't see his driving ability wavering. He's so strong that you've got to bet on Max being on top. So we've got Red Bull in second, which means Mercedes are going to win the 2023 Constructors' Championships. Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, they're going to push the bar so high this year. Both of them are going to be battling each other. Last year, we saw such cohesion in the team. We saw both of them working together to bring the team up from such dire circumstances at the start of the year. They both worked together. Lewis sacrificed race weekend after race weekend to experiment with setups, with adding sensors to the car to try and push the car forward and by the end of the season it was amazing to see how much progression that they could get i was astounded to see from where they started to where they ended it was amazing and i think next year or not next year this year i think mercedes are going to come first in the constructors championship so i'm now going to talk about the liveries of the car and i think we've got some absolute beauties on the grid this year I'm so happy to see some of these cars on the grid looking the way they do. But also there are some stinkers and I will get onto that. So the theme for this year seems to be a lot of exposed carbon and I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm not a fan. It's not a good look for the teams. It's not a good look for F1. It just screams we're scrambling and we need weight. Uh, We need weight saving. And it just doesn't look good that you have to strip paint from your car to make weight to be able to compete in this sport i think there needs to be some kind of clause in uh or something in, in a in the in the regs saying you can only have x percentage of the car exposed with uh with exposed carbon or something like that in, and only in certain areas i don't think the body of a car should be mainly exposed carbon um though there are a couple of examples that i'll get on to that do look really well and they've done it in a very nice way and it may be a bit of bias from me but we'll see worst livery on the grid Ah, this is i think this is a controversial one i'd say aston martin i i love aston martin as uh i love i love the idea of aston martin as a team i love uh, the thought of where they could end up and i love the thought of that that team and that iconic brand uh kind of ending up at the top of sport but i think it's going to take much longer than than the famous lawrence stroll five-year plan um, and I don't know why, but this year, I just don't see I just don't see kind of that glint in my eye when I look at that Aston Martin. it's, it's the same green. it's this, basically the exact same as last year, but I just don't know I, I like to see uh, progression from teams and uh, I just I don't think they've done anything to kind of wow me this year with that car. So last place, Aston Martin ninth place we've got Haas again I said I think this is the worst one of the worst Haas liveries I've I've seen I don't like it the let me let me get up the the car just to get get a quick reminder where's Haas yeah it's majority black I don't like it the MoneyGram logo on the tail not great I think if you're looking at it front on it looks nice but overall I'm not not a big fan of uh of the car so we'll put them in ninth place Eighth place, I've put provisionally Alpine. As I'm recording this, Alpine have not re- released their car. But overall, I'm not that big of a fan of the Alpine car slash brand as a whole. So I'm just kind of putting them there provisionally. I wanted to get this podcast recorded before I go on holiday. So Alpine are the only car that I haven't haven't released yet. So uh yeah, I'm just putting them provisionally eighth. Who knows? They might wow me. They might completely change it. They might add some 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 hot pink. Who knows? uh and next episode i'll I'll, I'll amend the rankings if if they really wow me seventh place alpha towery i i actually really like this alpha towery but it's just a bit too simple i i think without the red it's the best alpha towery livery we've had yet even with the red i do like it i know there's been a lot of debate online about the red but i'm a fan of it i know a lot of people aren't overall it's okay. As a, as a package, but uh, I just don't think it's as nice as the rest of the cars on the grid at the moment. It looks looks too simple of a car. So now Williams. Williams are in sixth place. I love the Williams livery. Don't know why. I, I love their, the nose of their car. The, the car as a whole is nice. And obviously that Duracell battery is really, really cool. But I don't know what it is about Williams. They seem to always create such normal looking cars. They never... I can't remember the last time Williams have produced a car where I look at it and I'm like, that looks like it's going to go quick. This Williams just looks so boxy and normal. Like if, if you look at it side on, that's the silhouette of an F1 car. You know, it's not, it's nothing special. They've not pushed the bow out. There's no, not it's not it's not the Red Bull. It's not the Mercedes. It's not the Ferrari. They've not gone any kind of weird radical route with it. It just looks normal. So that's why I've kind of put put it in this kind of average position, fifth. And uh, I might get some slack for this. Fifth, I've put Red Bull. Red Bull need to take a hard look at themselves. They've got the car under them. And they've always got the car under them. They're always a top team. But the Red Bull livery needs an update. Every year we see the same thing. I I sat through an hour car launch to see the exact same car as last year. I'm just bored of it. Obviously, it's a winning combo. Uh, the the whole setup they've got and it's an iconic design and everyone recognises it I I understand that but look at Ferrari every year they do a little update Ferrari what's their philosophy red it's as simple as it gets but every year they change it and they push it we've seen Red Bull can make some gorgeous liveries when they do their special liveries uh I can't I, I can't remember the exact races that they uh, exhibited them I think they did one Japan uh, with Honda Uh, Maybe one in America as well. Uh, Even the testing liveries, they're beautiful. But just the, the base Red Bull livery is so boring to me now. It doesn't... I just don't look at it and think, yes, lovely car. Even just, for God's sake, make it glossy rather than matte or something like that. Change it up. Just change it up. You're in fifth. So fourth place, we've got the McLaren. I think the McLaren looks stunning. Very, very nice car. The actual shape and flow of everything on that car is gorgeous and i think they've got the livery right but again i think i think mclaren for most uh most victim to this exposed carbon thing and i don't like it i think they could have had if they had more papaya and more of the of the blue i think it'd be one of the best cars on the grid it looks amazing and obviously the chrome wheels are just chef's kiss so i think i'm gonna put mclaren in fourth Uh, They have areas to improve and hopefully we get more paint on the cars um, and not this exposed carbon. But yeah, overall, very good. Fourth place, McLaren. So you may have noticed that I haven't said one of the teams yet. Uh, One of the teams you might have thought I would have said. And third place, Alfa Romeo. Oh my God, what a stunning car. I cannot get over how nice this car is. It just looks so good. The front wing, the nose. The whole flow of the body, I love that this they've got this kind of, this red maroon and black combo now. It looks so good and weirdly I think the exposed carbon works on this car. So weirdly I think the exposed carbon works on this car and I don't know why and I think that's what annoys me about this is that certain teams have the exposed carbon and I'm like, oh no it's not very good. And then now on this car it looks amazing. So who knows? I don't know what the the winning recipe is. I think Overall, we need we need that kind of legislation that says you need X amount of the body covered in paint, in paint and, and livery um, without the exposed carbon. But yeah, this Alfa Romeo looks stunning, and I hope it's a bit of a weapon this year. I hope that Valtteri and, and Joe are able to, to drag this car forward. It looks really, really good. So they get the the bronze medal for livery this year. Second place is Ferrari. Oh my God, what a car. Just look at that that's everything you want in a, in a Ferrari when you think of Ferrari this is what should be in your head it looks so good the Ferrari on the on the rear wing oh it just looks amazing even the areas of the I think this is again another car where exposed carbon works on it on, on that tail and on a bit of the body on the side of the nose it looks good and I do actually think majority of the car is paint and livery um so I think they've done amazing here the launch theirs was one of the best launches i haven't really talked too much about the launches but i think ferrari had an amazing launch seeing the car on track immediately after the reveal was such a nice touch and i hope that kind of becomes a bit more common i hope we're able to see some footage they do the filming days before the uh the launches and we're able to see footage of the cars on track i think that'll be really beneficial and just it, it just gets everyone hyped a bit more everyone w- wants to see f1 cars on track and if at the launch you see a ferrari or a mercedes or a red bull ripping it around corners i think that's just going to get everyone even more excited for the season so second place was for ferrari which means only one thing mercedes my team first place in the livery baby it looks so good it was only released uh, earlier today as i'm recording this i i Cannot describe to you (laughs) the reaction I had. I was screaming. I love it. The black. We're back to black, baby. Looks so good. Again, loads of exposed carbon. But for some reason, this car, this car could be all exposed carbon and it would be perfect. The black, I think, is where Mercedes need to move to. I think it's not just a livery. It's a mindset for the team. 2021, their black car was one of the best cars ever. Obviously, twenty twenty was the, the 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 goat car in my opinion. But twenty twenty one, the the battle with Red Bull, seeing that car black, just fighting around. It's so stealthy. It's such a like a fighter pilot esque car. I love it. The black with the neon as well. They've got so the neon yellow for Lewis and the neon green for George. I think they're such such a good idea to incorporate in that car. It's just another way that we can dis- distinguish between the drivers. It's, it's, a, uh, it's just very well thought out. And I think it purpose perfectly encapsulates Mercedes as a team. Like, look at those, like where the, the wheel nuts are, the, the neon green or the neon yellow. Oh my God, it's so nice. They've done so well here. And I hope they win the constructors' standings, uh, constructors' championships for this. Because imagine having this car win a Constructors' Championship. It deserves to be on display. It's so good looking. Currently, we've got Mercedes first in both the Constructors and the Livery standings. Let's see if that's going to change when it comes to their drivers. Last place, driver standings. Logan Sargent. I don't think that's too controversial of a thing to say, and I think I'd bet good money that that's probably going to be where he falls. We've got 19th place Yuki Sonoda, again, I just don't think AlphaTauri are going to have a great year, but I do think Nick is going to be better than Yuki. 18th, we've got Alex Albon. He's going to have a, a, a fairly good year, much better than his teammate. Nick, Nick DeVries, we've got 17th. Uh, so yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to have an okay season. I think, I just don't, I don't know if he's going to, I just, I just don't know. I just don't get... You know, you get a certain feeling about certain things, and I just AlphaTauri this year, I just don't have that feeling, um, that good feeling. So, we still see. I hope I'm wrong. I like AlphaTauri's brand. I like it more than Red Bull. Um, so I hope they're able to kind of get that form that they've had in the past few years, uh, get it back. So hopefully I'm wrong, but I've kind of I've got these these two teams in the bottom at the moment. Sixteenth, we have got Lance Stroll. Gonna have a again he's gonna have the most lance stroll season ever it's just gonna be meh nothing mm, crazy is gonna happen he's gonna to perform to the level of his car he's gonna get over the line every weekend hopefully even though he sometimes doesn't uh, or fairly regularly doesn't um but yeah i think that's where lance is gonna fall 16th not gonna be great not gonna be bad either fernando alonso then will be 15th uh again i explained i think he's gonna have a good season but i don't think the car's gonna be where people are thinking it's gonna be i think that's just hopeful for uh fernando alonso's alonso's sake um i think i don't think it's gonna f- well it's not gonna not follow the trend of him moving to a bad team um but i don't think it's gonna gonna work out too well for him then i have got 14th joe guanyu and 13th valtteri bottas we got alfa romeo gonna have a great season 13th uh oh, sorry 13th was Valtteri so 12th is Nico Nico Hulkenberg gonna have a good season uh I think he's gonna come straight back into Formula One I think he's gonna we're gonna he's not gonna get that podium that he so desperately deserves um or or needs don't, don't know if you think he deserves it but I think he does um but I don't think he's gonna get that podium I think he's gonna get some top 10 finishes and he's gonna where on weekends where Nico uh what, sorry where in weekends where Kevin Magnussen isn't quite there I think Nico's gonna Going to be there to to clean up and and help the team. So then eleventh is Pierre Gasly. Again, don't think it's going to be uh, a great adjustment period for Alpine, but uh, for Pierre at Alpine. But because Alpine is such a solid team already, that uh, kind of low period of his career, I think he'll still get a good result because he still has a good car under him. Tenth, I think Kevin Magnussen. So I think Kevin Magnussen is going to have a great season. He's going to outperform his teammate and Pierre Gasly. And I think he's going to help push the team again and build. Like I said, I think this is a building period for Haas. They've got two experienced drivers. They're going to be moving forward with these. I don't know. I can't remember if Nico's here for just one year or two, or if Kevin's got another year on his contract or what, but however long they've got, they're going to be helping with uh, car setup, providing data, They're going to be moving the car forward and hopefully Haas get a a strong, young driver lineup. Uh, Maybe someone like Oli Behrman coming in eventually will get into that Haas. Uh, I know they've got Ferrari ties, so who knows? I think Haas have a lot of potential moving forward and they just need to ride the wave that they're currently on. Ninth, we've got Esteban Ocon. I think Ocon will have a a good season, but uh, I think the McLaren will just be too strong for the Alpine. So I think Esteban Alcon will, will do well. He'll out- outperform his teammate. And uh, I think he'll do everything he needs to, really. I don't think you can do too much in the Alpine to to uh, kind of go crazy. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he'll do what he needs to. And uh, I think overall he'll have a good season. I, I generally don't rate him, but I think as he gets more years under his belt in the sport, I think he's he is getting better and better. And I think people do need to put a bit more respect on Esteban Alcon's name. We're now into the uh, McLaren boys. We've got Oscar Piastri eighth, Lando Norris seventh. As I said, I think we're going to finish the season with Oscar Piastri within 10 or 20 points of Lando. I think ultimately Lando will come out on top, but I think Oscar Piastri will push him at every step of the way. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see someone properly challenge Lando Norris. It's going to be back to the like kind of Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris days, where they're both every weekend, is kind of tit for tat, it's going to be really exciting, and both such a it's such a young driver pairing. We've got such great potential for the future for McLaren, and hopefully they can eventually end back up on top. Fifth, uh, sorry, sixth. I've got Sergio Perez. So Yes, I you heard that correctly. Sergio Perez in sixth place. He's going to come last of the top three big teams. I don't think he, I just don't know why. I don't think he's going to have a great season, and I think it's going to drag Red Bull as a whole down. So sixth for Sergio, fifth Carlos. Uh, fourth for Charles so yeah as I said Ferrari I think I think they're going to have a good year but I think there's only so much you can do against Mercedes and Red Bull and I think last year was Ferrari's opportunity and they didn't seize it they needed to seize it Mercedes are now back in it and I think they're going to jump over both Ferrari and Red Bull and it's going to be too much of an ask for Ferrari to to try and pip either of those teams so yeah that's why I have kind of got Carlos and Charles in fourth and fifth third I've got George Russell. Again, I think it's going to be very close between George and Lewis. And second place is Lewis Hamilton. So I, as as much as it pains me to say, Lewis Hamilton won't win his eighth title this year. I think that might be a next year jobby. He's not going to win the title this year. I think this year is going to be quite like 2007 at McLaren. It's going to be... Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, whereas it was Lewis Hamilton and Alonso, they're both going to be fighting so unbelievably hard that they actually end up taking points away from each other. And that's going to leave Max Verstappen to win his third title in a row. Yes, Max Verstappen will win the World Championship this year. I'm calling it right now. As much as I love Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton is my favorite driver ever. And I l- and I want him to get that eighth title. I want him to be clear of Schumacher as... The all-time great. Uh, and I'm sure i I'm sure Verstappen will get to the same level. Um, I just don't think the way people talk about Max Verstappen right now in his career, is too premature to be putting him in that GOAT status. Uh and he's got he's got some rabid fans, and I'm probably gonna get some flack for saying this, but I think I think once he's got a third title, yeah, start talking about uh in that in that all time greats category, but not not the great. Uh, which kind of people are putting him in. Uh, not not even Vettel. Vettel's got four titles. He won four titles in a row. 50-odd wins, uh, both Red Bull and Ferrari legend. And I still don't think he eclipses Lewis Hamilton or Schumacher or Senna. So Verstappen's got a long way to go before he's in that same historical category. I'd say right now it is Verstappen and Hamilton, best two drivers on the grid, and it's very close between them. And I think the car is the difference. Um, but I think... With Mercedes having, I think this year, they're going to have such a strong car that both George and Lewis are going to be able to fight each other so strongly. They will take points off of each other. And I think ultimately that will be both of their demises because if one of them was able to get the points that the car is going to be able to bring in, I think that would allow one of them to win the championship. But them taking points off of each other, I think it's going to just not hand it to Max, but I think Max is going to be able to creep up like Raikkonen did in 2007 and win that championship. So we've had some bold statements. We've got Mercedes first in the constructor standings, first in the livery standings. I know that's more of a, a personal opinion. And I've, and we've got Max Verstappen in who's going to win the driver's standings. It's going to be an amazing year. I cannot wait. The, the season, we've got some new tracks. We've got, uh, I think we've got Vegas this year, right? Yeah, we've got Vegas. That's going to be a really exciting race. The track looks a bit stale but i think it could still be interesting and hopefully it's not just a an engine uh an engine battle who, who can drive fastest in a straight line which it looks like it might be so we shall see um but yeah overall this year is going to be phenomenal i'm so excited and i hope you join me along for every step of the way every monday after a race weekend you will see a podcast from me more of this kind of thing it's going to be more talking about what happened in the races and what happened in qualifying um certain dramas we saw some news all of that kind of thing so um so yeah thank you for listening to the first episode of through the chicane i'm so happy to be here on spotify and uh i think i think we're going to try and get this on apple as well so yeah please follow and uh follow my twitter and you'll keep up to date with everything and uh see you in the next one bye guys (laughs)